Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. Presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. One, two, three. Hello, everyone, and welcome back into the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, the podcast where we tell you what happened last week in high school football in Southwest Florida and get you ready for this Friday's games. I, of course, am Adam Fisher with the Naples Daily News. Glad to be here with my co-host, Dustin Brian Levy of the Fort Myers News Press and Alexander Michael Martin of the Naples Daily News. I always forget which paper you're for. Gentlemen, how are you? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing great. Alex and yourself? Doing awesome. Good to be back. This is episode three. Just in case, that that new intro was quite something, wasn't it? Yes, and that brings me to one of the things I wanted to mention. I want to give a welcome to our listeners on Fox Sports Radio, as well as our listeners on Tiger FM in the Dunbar community. Our podcast is going to be on those stations this year, so you can listen to us on Friday night. And those intros were done by the Fox Sports guys, so it sounds very crisp, very sharp. Mm-hmm. Without so, question. I also have been remiss, and I want to apologize to our wonderful producers, who I have not mentioned the past couple weeks, Amanda Inscore, who is with us today, and Andrea Melendez. They do the hard work, so I wanted to give them a shout-out. So, let's get into it, guys. Before we get into week two, let's look back on week one. Dustin, again, every every week I ask you, it, it's a first for you, because you are new to our community. How was your first week? You got the first week of the regular season, I'm sorry. You got to experience a doubleheader. Yes, uh, so uh, I, I can't imagine a more electric start to the season than that Lehigh North game, which was just uh, phenomenal. The first half, a spectacular individual performance by the Richard Young. Uh, and the second half, just edge on edge of your seat stuff and Lehigh eventually coming through and uh, handing North their first regular season loss in a while. And then I had the Fort Myers game on Friday, and I feel like just being at a home Fort Myers game that's an experience that uh, pretty special. Yeah, that's a great stadium, a lot of history. Well, let's get into it. Since you mentioned Lehigh, and I'm sure that's one of the teams that will be featured highly in our segment here, um, I, I wanted to ask you guys, what team was most impressive to you? Obviously, Lehigh, I saw them in the preseason. They stumbled, man. They lost 44-6, to six, I believe it was, at Naples. But Alex, you had asked me last week you know, about Richard Young, and I said he looked good against Naples. And if you can look good and get 80 yards against Naples, you're doing something right. Lo and behold, he comes out and he does 282 yards, a career high against a very good North Fort Myers defense. Was that the team you think was most impressive? I do, and not just because of Richard, too. I I had to go back and take a peek, but Lehigh got to Tanner Helton. They sacked him seven times. Now, it's a debate whether is Lehigh's defense that good or is North Fort Myers' offensive line just subpar this year. I think you can make the case for a little bit of both. I think there were times that Lehigh had schemes drawn up where just an offensive line couldn't defend it. But overall, um, the Lehigh defense, you know, Tyree Cunningham, James Chaney told uh, Dustin and I after the game might be one of the best linebackers in Lee County. And then you had Alex Gonzalez, a wide receiver there. He was the X factor for them, you know, in the passing game, 106 yards uh, on four receptions and a touchdown. You know, just really interesting to see what this Lehigh team can do if they can put it together. And Dustin, um, what impressed you the most? I mean, obviously Lehigh looked really good, but any other teams stand out as you were maybe looking at your game or the other uh, scores coming in Friday night? One score that uh, popped up for me was Ida Baker pouring yeah. it on against Mariner, 40 to nothing, And it seemed like they were getting it done in all three phases, offense, defense, and special teams, uh, getting an 80-yard kickoff return for a touchdown and a block punt return for a touchdown. That was a team I had 
questions about uh, seeing them in the preseason, but uh, they, they really delivered in that week one game. And let's be fair, they didn't play the best competition. Mariner, you know, struggling to rebuild. But still, 40 to nothing for, you know, Baker, uh, a team that we had questions about coming in. Agreed. I, that was one of the teams I had on my list. How about that Bishop Rowe Laley game? I believe you were at that, right, Alex? That was Bishop Rowe won 21 to 20 in overtime. Laley was up 14 nothing. Is that right? That is correct. It was just the second straight week where yeah. Laley, you know, Comes out the gate hot, you know, did really well. Vero held him scoreless in the final 33 minutes of regulation until the overtime period. Going in, we all thought that Chris Graves is going to play in this game. He did not run out on the field um, alongside Trevante Watts as well. If Chris Graves is on the field, I think this game, you know, much more comfortable win for Vero given his ability on both sides of the ball. But just seeing the way Vero, you know, had to turn the tide and get momentum. Uh, I got to give props to the kicker, Declan Cameron, here. They started out the second half with an onside kick, a beautiful, beautiful pooch kick that hit landed at around the 25-yard line. Laley's kickoff coverage was not there, and um, Ver- the Vikings took over in plus territory, and that then led to a touchdown to get them finally on the board. And I want to stick in uh, Collier County, a team that impressed me, in Golden Gate. Mm. Again, not playing the strongest competition. Cape Coral, I believe, had one win last year. Uh, but Tyler Coleman, transfer from FBA, we saw him do really well in the preseason. He didn't join the team until the second or third week of practice because, of, you know, the transfers, you got to get uh, registered in school and all that. But uh, he comes out again and goes for 231 yards and two touchdowns. Golden Gate gets a, a win in week one after only having one win last year. So I was impressed with them. Anybody else uh, want to? Yeah, I think just picking up on that point, I, we all thought, Tyler Coleman was probably going to explode this week, and sure enough, you know, 200 yards wasn't out of the realm of possibility by any means. I predicted it last week in our pick segment, and sure enough, you know, he comes out hot and leads the county, leads all of Southwest Florida. Actually, take that back, second in Southwest right, Florida right. in rushing. Let call your county. We can say that. That's good. Um, how about surprises? Any uh, surprising scores, Dustin? Or surprising performances, maybe, from a team in our area. Yeah, it was good to see Fort Myers finally get their running game going. I don't know if that's necessarily a surprise, but it took some time. Uh, The first half against Riverdale, they were either stuffed at the line or going for negative yards. Riverdale's only score was a safety uh, running place. But uh, with uh, Ricardo Noel, uh, they they finally got something going in the second half. So that, that was maybe not a surprise, but, you know, nice to see that progression for them. How long did that game take? Out of curiosity, how late were you, were you there? Uh, well, you know, thanks to the safety, uh, it, yeah. it lasted a little, a little bit longer than uh, you would have liked in a lopsided game like that. But it, it wasn't too bad. The fourth quarter went pretty quickly. Yeah, that, that's my question. Being in Florida, the best part of Florida is the mercy rule, the running clock rule. 35 points in the second half, the clock doesn't stop. And that's the absolute worst when a team has a 34-point advantage in the fourth quarter, but they can't run the clock. So I felt bad for you. I have been to two games so far this season. I've had two running clocks. I was done by 930. And that was at Naples where the, the game starts at 730 rather than 7. So I feel your pain, my friend. How about Gateway Charter, a that, team we, we buried, and you could tell that they heard us bury the, them because he specifically mentioned what I mentioned last week, that uh, Gateway High could spell the death for Gateway Charter. By the way, I do want to defend myself. I did not mean the football team. I meant the school itself. I think you could see students trickle away from, from Gateway Charter to Gateway yeah, High. That, I still believe that, but props to the charter. That, that's exactly where I was going with that next one. Um Props to them for, I mean, they put up 35 points, and they kind of took it to Gateway a little bit. You know, it's a three-score win for them, and they let us know in our uh, DMs on Instagram for sure. 
Uh, they were up 27 nothing. Gateway Charter was over the new Gateway High School. It was Gateway High School's first ever uh, regular season varsity game. A good crossover game that, again, I think all of us picked against Community School. They go, I believe, to Bonita Springs. They win 28-8 to on the strength of their defense early. I, I was surprised by that, especially seeing Bonita Springs, that offense, not be able to put up more points against a smaller team. Yeah, they had, uh, CSN did. CSN had two scooping scores. Yes. Um, which really, I mean, the, just, you know, being on football sidelines and whatnot, that that can really turn the tide and set the tone for the game, take a lot of confidence out of the team that's losing. And, you know, sure enough, CSN, you know, they might, they might be here to stay for a little bit. Just kind of interested to see how they do this week as well. Yeah, we were curious to see if they could repeat the success of last year where they uh, went 8-2, and two, I believe, overall, uh, but graduated some people. So, Dustin, any other standouts? Uh, you know, I asked about individual performances. Of course, we all know uh, – Richard Young, we mentioned him before, but anyone else stand out to you? So staying on that game, uh, uh, safety, Chase Atterbury coming in and leading uh, CSN to that win, that definitely stands out to me. And, uh, you know, as you mentioned, Richard, I just want to read this quote from uh, North assistant coach Chris Snedden about Richard. You're talking about a humongous high school running back for one, (laughs) and he's fast. I mean, super fast. I'm not talking about a little fast. I'm talking (laughs) he gets A to B, and he is tough to tackle. Big, strong, thick lower body, and the kid runs with some super presence. I love when coaches rave about, uh, especially an opponent uh, like that. So, yeah, Richard Richard was special. That's fun, and I, I respect that, too, coaches being honest. A lot of times coaches don't want to give credit to mm-hmm. the, uh, the other people. Um, speaking of another big running back, because Richard Young is a tall kid. He's over six foot, right, or at yeah. least at six foot. R- right there, yeah. A kid we saw in the spring at Naples High School play a little bit, Isaiah Augustive. A junior who I guess I thought he was new to varsity, but he's not. He played tight end last year. He's a tall kid. He's 6'1", which is big for a running back. He comes out. Dustin McGill, Naples High School's um, you know second leading rusher from last year, was hurt. So he didn't play this game. Isaiah Augustive comes out 112 yards, three touchdowns on 10 carries, I believe all in the first half. I know he didn't play the fourth quarter at all, but all three touchdowns were in the first half. So uh, Naples just churning out running backs. Oh, yeah. It's, it's very interesting to just see how – how efficient they are and just nobody in this area can stop and you know, they've been running this system for what 20 years yeah, nearly it's 20 years they've had offensive and, coordinator paul paul horn there for i think 23 and they've been just they've been so efficient with the football and just crazy that nobody can seem to stop it yet well and the question was naples uh offensive line because they're never huge and this year they're a little bit smaller and they're new they only have one returning kid and coach uh, rick martin who was an undersized guy on the naples offensive line when they won the state championship he said they've just come together they worked really hard and and they play as a team and so that you know has been a big success for them so anybody else i'm going to open it up did any of the scores stand out or any other games surprise you i mean personally my game did i may have undervalued or underestimated lately a little too much it's hard to know whether right how how big chris Graves' impact would have been but props to gershom Guerrero, man i mean he is a bowling ball he will not go down one-on-one um he had 100 plus yards per my tally friday night and brian bachman was efficient too i had him for 141 yards passing you know, he faced a little bit of pressure there from David Portu, who on the defensive line had 14 tackles. That kid, he's good. <laughs> I saw him yeah. I saw him in the spring, and he, he by far and away stood out on Bishop Rowe's team. He's, it, he's very good. It, it's just crazy to see a defensive lineman putting up 14 tackles in a game. That just doesn't happen usually. Yeah. I mean, we're talking – I mean, I'm not going to say he's going to 
be on pace for this, but he's on pace for what 140 tackles. Yeah, and you got to understand too when we tell you these numbers, these are high school games, you know, 12 minute quarters. So it's what you know, 30 percent less than a, a pro or college game. So yeah, that is very impressive. So well, that'll do it, guys. That was week one in the books. We're going to look ahead to week two as well as talk about some news and notes in the next segment when we come back. Let's go. Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at NaplesNews.com. News press.com and by downloading the naples daily news and news press apps onto your mobile devices Hello, everyone. Welcome back into the second segment. We're going to look ahead to this week's games. But first, we like to talk about little news and what's out there. And of course, right now, what, what everyone's talking about is the effect the COVID-19 has had on these programs just as we started to record. And, and again, we record on Tuesday morning. So if anything has changed when you're listening to this, uh, I'm sorry, but got a report that LaBelle has had to shut down their football program. They were scheduled to play Lemon Bay tonight, of course, you know, because of COVID considerations. We've seen – this is the second time this week, right, Alex? What uh, what other teams shut down earlier this yeah, week? we had Island Coast shut down uh, yesterday, or we, we got word of that. And, you know, fortunately for Lehigh, they were supposed to play them this week. Uh, Lehigh just fortunately found an opponent in part because uh, – Sarasota Riverview also had the similar situation, mm. similar timing. So those two teams will be meeting in an 8A, 7A clash. But yeah, this is the sixth team LaBelle is to go uh, to be affected by COVID in some way. This week. And last week, one of our highly anticipated matchups, uh, the Dunbar game, what happened to them, Dustin? They also had to, to, to cancel that game. Exactly. Uh, so they had to shut down as well. And uh, this week they're going to be hopefully playing at Bishop Rowe. It's tough, and we're seeing it pop up all the time. Bishop Rowe, another program who a player has – Bishop Rowe has not said anything officially, but a player has told us at the newspapers that he tested positive last week. So a lot going on. Um, you know, Do you think we're going to continue to see this? I mean, I know it's always hard to predict, and obviously we are not experts. We're, we're sports writers. But we're seeing it more than last year, which makes sense because you know the COVID cases are 10 times more than they were at this point last year. Um, what are coaches saying to you guys? I mean, are they concerned about this? What are they doing to kind of avoid this? I talked with Richie Road Friday night about this, and he was pretty much said, you know, we haven't had in – ter- in terms of vaccinations, he was talking, you know, we haven't had um, that conversation yet, but it might be one that's worth having down the road just in case to play it safe um, because, you know, they, wa- they want to win. They, yeah. they want to have a full team. Richie has high expectations for this group. They want to go deep in the playoffs and – you know, what more to ruin it than possibly an outbreak, you know, at the worst possible time. Well, I will say, you know, I'm working on a story right now. It should be up by the time uh, the end of this week on NaplesNews.com slash sports and news-press.com slash sports. Just about uh, COVID and the effects it has and, and what coaches are doing. And one of the things we're looking at is the a player that is vaccinated does not have to quarantine if there's close exposure. What happens now is we see, you know, let's say a uh, offensive lineman, the center, gets COVID. Last year, you know, that would have to shut the whole offensive line group down. Usually it would shut the whole team down because they're sharing a locker room. But this year, because we have the vaccination, if the, you know, the left guard and the right guard are vaccinated, they do not have to quarantine as long as they are not testing positive or showing symptoms. Um, We've seen cases where a couple players have missed. Heck, on Friday last week, Laley's head coach and several other coaches were out with a, quote, respiratory disease. And I 
asked the school districts. I said, well, if the coaches <laughs> coaches was out, how come the players didn't have to quarantine? And they said the same thing. You know, coach, kids that are vaccinated don't have to quarantine. And if they're not in close contact for 15 minutes, they also do not have to. So it, it's kind of thrown a wrench into the season. And what it stinks for is kids like, uh, you know, at Island Coast, a Keon Anderson, a kid who has, is a very talented kid, but he needs to show some – tape he, he needs to have those games those carries kind of get a division one mm-hmm. deal you know a, a letter of intent so dustin i mean do you think this is going to affect recruiting or are kids concerned about that you know missing time because of this uh, pandemic absolutely and island coast was one of the teams that when you saw that their game uh, was taken off the schedule that was going to be a, a team with players that are going to be affected um they, they have a lot of you know those underrated players uh that really need to be seen right now alex um you know, I don't know where else to go. Is is it something that's going to get better? I mean, any ideas? Are coaches uh, hoping it gets better, or are they just kind of accepting this as something that's going to happen this season? I feel like it's a little bit of both. Um, one thing I really want to take note of and track as this goes on over the course of the season is to see how effective this mask mandate is that mm-hmm. Lee County just put in place to see if we have less teams that are shutting down over this next month or so. Um, just kind of paying attention to that. And as you mentioned, you know, Keon Anderson's one of those guys. I mean, Zach Malpeak is one of those guys who needs this film right now. Um, so I'm wondering if some of the guys will take note and possibly incentivize other guys to, to get the shot. No, and that's something I, I did want to touch on when you mentioned the Lee versus Collier County. Every single team we've seen shut down so far has been in Lee County, at least in our coverage area. It has not happened in Collier County. And I will say that it seems to me Lee schools the school district itself is taking more precautions every week they're announcing new precautions um you know a peek behind the curtains i have kids in lee county school system so i get all the emails i get all the updates i get everything and just last week they came out with you know extended protocols to curb the spread of the coronavirus they're not doing dances this year you know kids can't eat in the cafeteria if they do they have to do in pods and they also said teams can't use the locker rooms in football and i don't know if that's just the visiting team or the home teams um so lee county is taking this very seriously that may be why we are seeing more not to say that Collier county is and i apologize if that's the way it sounded but maybe lee is being a little bit more precautious when it comes to shutdown teams so keep watching read our stories we'll have all this covered here on our website so but let's get into something a little bit uh, more fun things that we're here to do things that we are experts on and that's football it's week two of the regular season we've got some really really good games i counted 18 of them we're gonna pick 10 games and a lot of intra-county matchups a lot of lee county showdowns very big Collier county showdown dustin what game are you looking forward to the most I think South Fort Myers at Fort Myers uh, should be an interesting one. Um, Fort Myers, you know, has gotten the better of that matchup over the years, but there's some deficiencies there, and uh, we'll see if uh, South Fort Myers is up to the task. Alex, what game are you looking forward to? I'm kind of in similar territory there. I think that'll be a decent game. Um, Riverview-Lehigh, I'm intrigued to see because of the 8A-7A clash. Um, I think, you know, just seeing uh, with Riverview, you know, they lost a couple of their guys to Venice, Todd Haley, the former Steelers and Browns offensive coordinator, is this uh, offensive coordinator for the Rams, which I thought was actually very interesting. But also, I think I want to see how Dunbar can fare not having a game under their belt against Bishop Vro, a team that does have a game under their belt. Um, just kind of want to see how the Tigers fare against a defense that you know has been preparing for these guys for a little while. And let me take a second to plug the uh, news press and Naples Daily News High School Football Power Poll. Our rankings are up every week on the website. They're up now. They just came out. We got Dunbar at number two in the rankings. Bishop Rowe, I believe, was seven. Is that right, Alex? Yes, seven. So this is a top seven matchup 
Go check that out. And down in Collier County, my home base, Baron Collier at Palmetto Ridge. This has developed into a very good rivalry over the years. This has been a district rivalry for a long time. It is not anymore. Palmetto Ridge is up in 7A. Baron Collier is still in 6A. However, it's always a good game, and I expect it to be a offensive showdown. Both teams have good defenses. Didn't score many points last week, but Barron loved to throw the ball with Mark Jackson. We know that. Palmetto Ridge has the best running back in Collier County. That's right, Jaden Booker. So that's going to be a unique showdown. Um, back in Lee County, Dustin, your territory, any other interesting games? One I, I'm kind of curious about, again, another uh, inner county, Gateway Charter at CSN. Because uh, yeah. that rivalry has gone back and forth over the years. Both teams coming off of big wins. Going to be interested to see who gets the, the better in that one. And one of those teams is going to be 2-0. and that, exactly. That's phenomenal because both of them won their first games. When we picked them to lose, because we are dumb, we don't know what we're talking about. Alex, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this one at you. How about our boys at East Lee under yeah. P.J. Gibbs? They could earn their first uh, victory on the field in three well, years. Well, I was going to mention that they made it through week one unscathed. They're they're undefeated still. Well, they're, they haven't lost yet, basically, <laughs> right? Because they had a bye yeah. last week. But, yes, um, that should be a good one to kind of keep an eye on. I'm looking forward to seeing them take on Barry Bowman's Cape team. You know, both teams are going to be priding themselves on defense. P.J. Gibbs was a part of, what, probably the second-best defensive unit last year yeah um so it'll be uh intriguing to see that one i think it's probably total points scored maybe 24 25 points i think it'll be a a pretty low scoring affair up there so what do you guys think the the best game will be i mean it'll probably be one of these games we mentioned and we're excited about maybe the closest down to the wire dustin is there one you think is just going to be potential for overtime and it's going to be you know a two-point game so i'm going to be at riverview at lehigh so i'm going to hope that one, sure. you know, always hope that the game you're going to is going to be the best one. I gotta say, it's your game. I think, yeah, I think Baron Collier Palmetto Ridge is is probably the one that you know I could see going overtime. No running clock this week for you, sir. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'll, I'll miss it, but that's all right. I think South and Fort Myers is going to be good. You know, we were kind of chit chatting before uh, we got on the podcast that um, you know Fort Myers tends to take care of business against other Collier or other Lee County teams. Um, and South maybe didn't look great against Cypress Lake after they got that big start. They kind of faltered in the second half. But I think that has potential to be close. I mean, do you think South can hang there at, at the, you know, Sam Sirianni field? It'll be tough. Uh, Fort Myers is a young team, um, but the, the defensive back end on that team, they're really phenomenal. And one game we should kind of talk about a little bit, uh, our colleague Greg Hardwig's doing a story on it this week. First Baptist is going up to Andover, Massachusetts right. to take on – um, a local school up there, but the, there's kind of a unique backstory to this, and that's the day after uh, Boston College will be playing against Colgate. And if you know you're a Collier County buff, a long time history, Billy Sparacio is a Colgate alum, so he will be seeing his son Joe Sparacio play against Colgate, and also um, Blaine Briggs for Colgate. You know him and Joe Sparacio were on the same. Uh, linebacking core for three years so I think that's a really unique backstory that the you know the FBA team will be be able to witness that one in Chestnut Hill and we're we're not picking this game it's not among the 10 that we're picking but um, one thing I didn't notice I looked it up as I was typing these games they're not playing some other small private school they're playing Andover High School in Andover Massachusetts 1,800 kids at the school. First Baptist has 200 kids mm. in their high school. Like, that's crazy. I want to know why Why particularly they're playing this school, and that's going to be tough. I mean, I don't know how good that team is, but I know they're probably going to have a lot more players than them. 
So, well, we're going to break down more of these games when we come back. We're going to get back into our picks. We're going to make predictions, and it'll be a lot of fun. So come on back. For more in-depth analysis of high school football in Lee and Collier County each week, go to NaplesNews.com and News-Press.com. Let's just do it, okay? Follow us on Instagram at News Press Sports and NDN Prep Zone. Let's go! All right, everyone, welcome back in. This is the most exciting time of the podcast, the time when we tell you with our expert opinions who is going to win these week two games. First, let's recap last week how we did. First of all, one of the games was canceled, so uh, we didn't pick ten games. We picked nine or, or nine results. And our best friend, our buddy boy, Dustin, the new guy, goes seven and two, schooling us. Alex goes six and three. Adam Fisher goes five and four. Dustin, how did you do it, and are you going to keep it up? What can I say? I, I, I just, you know, my finger's on the pulse here in southwest Florida. He's an expert. He's already smarter than me. I'm in last place, and I've been doing this for 15 years, so ew, doesn't look good for me. Um, so I will say last week we all were wrong on the game of the week. We all picked North Fort Myers over Lehigh. Uh, we all also were wrong on the Battle of Gateway. We all picked Gateway High over Gateway Charter. Of course, Charter won that pretty handily. Dustin, you were the only one to correctly pick CSN over Bonita Springs. So the uh, the Seahawks down there, they're going to love you whenever you got to go down there to call your county. And I almost called an upset. I picked Laley. You guys thought I was crazy. Alex, I believe you said it was going to be a three-score game. Laley came with a missed extra point of going to second overtime. Either way, five and four, still not great. So, Alex, how you feeling going into week two? You think you can uh, make that game up on Mr. Dustin? I think I think there's a lot of games that will actually be um, different on. Uh, a lot of a lot of close games, a lot of teams, you know, playing out of area teams. Uh, I think there's a good chance we might see a shakeup this week. Ooh, let's hope so. And we're at first, we're going to start with Dustin's favorite team, the Community School of Naples Seahawks. They're hosting Gateway Charter. We mentioned this in the last segment. Two teams that pulled, I'll call them upsets, in week one. They're both 1-0. and oh. uh, Dustin, who are you taking on this one? So CSN came through for me last week, so I'm going to stick with them. I, like I said last week, you know, winners know how to win. And you know. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, I, do you agree? I, I think there's a chance that uh, even after a win like that last week, Gateway Charter is still just chomping at the bit to prove themselves. I think they still feel that way. They still feel undervalued, still feel undercounted. I'm going with the Griffins here. Last year, this matchup was very close. It was 18-12 to 12 in favor of CSN. I think Gateway Charter can finally get over the hump this time. I think this game might have gone to overtime last year because I think I yeah. covered that yep. game. Um, but, you know, I, Dustin is so smart. He's the expert. He's the expert at community school. So I'm, I'm going to stick with whatever Dustin says, <laughs> and I'm also going to take community school of Naples, also playing to my Collier County base. So another game that is going to be, I think, close, and I think it's going to be fun. Two teams that have combined one win last year. That's not to make fun of anyone. Just telling you it's two teams that are evenly matched and uh, are clamoring for a victory. East Lee County at Cape Coral. Alex, I'm going to start with you. East Lee, does P.J. Gibbs go 1-0 and as a head coach? Probably one of the toughest games to pick here. Um, East, you know, putting up 42 points against LaBelle. Um, Cape Coral uh, seemed to have a little bit of trouble, you know, finding the end zone late against Golden Gate. But I'm going to trust Barry Bowman here. Uh, I, I think P.J. Gibbs does not get his first win. Um, but I do think that this is going to be one of those one-score games. Uh, I'm going to take the Seahawks. 
How about you, Dustin? So, uh, yeah, this is a tough one. I had all these games pre-circled, uh, except for this one. <laughs> but I'm going to go with Eastley County. Cape Coral, uh, I-, I like a lot of elements about them, but I don't know if they have four quarters in them. Uh, th- that's my question mark with them. So I'm going to go with Eastley. I also am picking Eastley. Of course, I got to know P.J. Gibbs very well when he was at um, Palmetto Ridge for um, you know five, six years when Palmetto Ridge got very good. Um, I know it was a good hire when they hired him. I I thought that he has a chance to turn this Eastley program around. Now, they're not going to be Naples High anytime soon, but I think they are going to win some games, so I also will take Eastley. Golden Gate at Astero. I think this will be another evenly matched game. Even though Golden Gate looked really good in Week 1, Astero only scored six points, and he lost to Northport. Alex, who you got against your alma mater, the Titans or the Wildcats? I think it's another, I don't want to call it a signature game, but I think Tyler Coleman against the X Factor here. Um, going to be the best player on the field without question. Um, I think Titans are going to get it done on the road, but don't be surprised if this one's closer than you think. Well, so you picked Golden Gate, right? Yes. I will say you're forgetting, you know, Jason Duclona there at Astero. He was in our big 15. Yeah, he, uh, but if he's out wide and Golden Gate's running the ball, I mean, I saw it uh, – with American Heritage and Treasure Coast down in Naples Saturday night, they took away those defensive backs by just running the ball. Made them linebackers, essentially. Well, before the season started, Nick Bajika, second and third-year head coach there at Golden Gate, he told me he was most impressed with his line, their size, and physicality. They really hit the weight room hard this year. And, of course, they got one of the best running backs in the area and Tyler Coleman. So I think that's going to be a theme all season. We're going to see these Titans run for a bunch of yards. I will also pick Golden Gate. How about you, Dustin? So I, I spoke with Coach Nelson after a Stairs game against Northport, and they were in that game. They had two touchdowns called back. Uh, they were, but they were moving up and down the field. They had some, you know, backbreaking uh, interceptions. Um, so I, I think they can be really competitive here. But I think the Tyler Coleman factor just uh, puts me over the edge for Golden Gate. That's all three of us for Golden Gate. Cypress Lake at Ida Baker. Cypress Lake, I believe, lost 28-6 to to South Fort Myers. Ida Baker with the big 40 to nothing win over Mariner in Week 1. I'm going to start with you, Dustin. You're my Baker expert. Um, tell us what we need to know about this game. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to figure out if, if that last game with Baker was a red herring. Maybe the preseason game was the red herring. So, you know, this is going to be an interesting test uh, within the district for them. I do like Baker to win this. Um, they, they just got players. Got players, <laughs> more than one too. Yeah, uh, one one person we didn't mention in the picks or in the uh, the previous segment was Jordan Rizzo. Who, oh yeah, who really had himself a game against the Tritons. Um, I'm going with Baker here as well. Baker big in this one. I agree. I, I like Baker. I think Cypress Lake's still struggling. They're a little younger, still trying to get adjusted to a new coach who's only been there a couple months. Uh, so it may be a down year for the Panthers, but I also will take Baker. And a, uh, an interesting game here. Naples goes all the way to Fort Pierce-Westwood. Now, I didn't look the stats up, but I know I've written about it before. Naples does not go outside of Southwest Florida very often at all. When they do, it's usually for the playoffs. Um, they played like at Venice one year. They played up at Braden Manatee one year. I think that's about it. You know, yeah. it, it's unusual for them to go take a big road trip. And Fort Pierce-Westwood is a 7A program that went or an 8A program that went 7 and 2 last year. So very good, very strong program. Just seeing Naples win two in a row, you know, I'm leaning towards them and of course, you know, when when it's close, I'm always going to pick the local team just so fans like me more. And I you know, my rule Adam Regan used to we always used to have these rules, don't pick against Naples, especially don't pick against Naples at home. Don't pick against Fort Myers at home, but Naples is on the road. Oh gosh, guys, I think I'm I'm going to pick Westwood. Alex, is that dumb of me? No, I did some research on this game too. It's just Naples' execution, just consistency. 
You know, they're averaging eight, nine yards on the ground last week. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. I just think they're too consistent and too strong to be able to lose this one. The only thing I'd see vulnerable is, you know, the secondary past Devin Moore and Jonas DeClone. I think if Westwood can, if they're deep at receiver, I think that they can exploit some matchups. But I think Naples will get this one done on the road. Dustin, you're the tiebreaker. I got Westwood. Alex has Naples. So, yeah, I'm going to go against you too, Adam, uh, and go with Naples. Really hurting your your Naples homer cred there. I was going to say, everyone (laughs) who calls me a Naples homer, listen to this right now and know that I picked against them at least once this year. So, all right, Dustin and Alex are on Naples. So, Sarasota Riverview at Lehigh, a game that just materialized less than 24 hours ago because uh, Lehigh's opponent had to cancel because of a COVID situation. Uh, Alex, you talked to us a bit about Riverview before. Um, how, how strong are they, and can Lehigh hold up to them? Uh, last week, they went up against the Class 8A defending state champion mm. in Sanford Seminole. They lost 35-6. to um, It's hard to take away things from that game because Seminole went 13 and 0 last year, you know, won the wow. state title in class 8A. But this is a road test for for Riverview, you know, they're playing this game on um, what, 5 days notice, 4 days notice. I kind of like Lehigh here to get things done if Richard Young can if he can replicate his performance from last week, I think the Lightning are in good shape. What about you, Dustin? So, uh, doing some reading. Riverview has 130 kids in their program. Goodness uh, gracious. Yeah, that is some depth. So that makes it hard for me, for me to go with Lehigh. I think you know Riverview is going to be looking uh, to to bounce back after that loss. And the only time I saw Lehigh, the image of Lehigh in my head is them losing forty four to six. That's not fair to the Lightning. I understand, but that's just you know it's recency bias and recency in my mind. I know recently they won against North Fort Myers, but I know Riverview has always been a very strong program, a bigger school, as Dustin said. Even though they're on the road, I'm going to take Riverview to win at Lehigh. North Fort Myers at Riverdale, always a fun matchup. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be close. Alex, do you think this will be close? No, not at all. Uh, Dwayne, it's obviously Dwayne Mack's return coming off the two-game suspension. Um, I think North Fort Myers, especially after that loss, is fueled. You know, they've got some motivation in them to get back to where you know they normally are, and that's winning football games. Um, I think they're really going to try and take it out on Riverdale here. I'm also going to take uh, North Fort Myers to win for all the reasons that Alex said. How about you, Dustin? So just briefly on Riverdale, coming out of their shutdown, they were missing quite a few players against Fort Myers. Um, but first two drives, they were marching down the field. Then Billy Donahue gets injured, um, and things kind of went south from there. Coach Elgato is hopeful uh, they'll get some players back this week. We'll see about that, but I'm going to go with North. So the game I will be covering, Baron Collier at Palmetto Ridge. Huge Collier County showdown. And I'm going to be honest, I haven't seen either of these teams play, and they've only played once. Don't know a ton about them yet because we haven't seen them on the field. And so because of that, I'm going to chicken out and make Alex pick first. Yeah, um, I I just kind of thinking about this game on paper, um, Dylan McNamara loves to pick apart inexperienced defenses. That's where Palmetto Ridge is with uh, I think the only two returning guys really are Brennan Van Hoke and um, Kensley Faustin who kind of – took in uh, Caleb Cousins plays uh, defense as well well. and um you know this was was kind of flip flip a coin game I think field goal game either way touchdown game either way here but I think just as long as someone hasn't been able to stop Jaden Booker during his entire career I mean he's had two right 12 what 1200 plus yard seasons um I think that the duo of Hosea and Jaden Booker can get this one done and uh both these teams only scored 16 points last week um Palmetto Ridge won. Baron Collier lost. 
They are both young offensively. As Alex said, you know, they got some guys back on defense. I know Paul Mutterich thinks they have a ton of talent. Uh, it just happens to be young talent. Um, with the Bears being at home, I think I'm also going to take the Bears. I will give the edge to Jaden Booker, um, even though I do like Dylan McNamara back there throwing the ball for the Cougars. So I'll take Palmetto Ridge. How about you, Dustin? So I got, I got to see a little bit of Palmetto Ridge in the spring, and Jaden Booker did not play in that game, but they were still the most exciting team I saw in the spring. They, they're just the playmakers, the Booker brothers, uh, Kensley Fawson. I really like them, so I'm going to take Ridge as well. And then... South Fort Myers at Fort Myers. Big Lee County rivalry. I believe you are going to be at this game, Dustin. Is that right? Uh, no, I will not. I'm well, going to be there. Never mind. Well, anyways, Dustin, tell us about it. So, you know, like you said, don't pick against Fort Myers at home. Um, I think, you know, there are still some question marks whether they can uh, run the ball consistently. But the defense, even though it's young, uh, I, I really like some of their players, their safeties. Uh, so I'm going to stick with Fort Myers. How about you, Alex? Yeah, uh, Fort Myers is six six and five all time against South Fort Myers. Um, is that it? Yeah, wow. Well, they, the first matchup was two thousand and nine, surprisingly, but um, yes, yeah, never bet against Sam Sirianni. Never bet against Sam Sirianni at home. Uh, I'm going to take the Greenies here, um, but I think a uh, you know late score might keep South in this one. You know, I really want to pick South Fort Myers, um, and this is where I get into trouble, where, you know, South Fort Myers is probably the underdog, but I start reaching, because I'm already two games behind Dustin here. He's making me look like an idiot, but I'm going to play it safe. I also do Fort Myers. I think it will be close. I think South is good this year, um, but I'll take the Greenies at home. And then our game of the week, the, the game that has a potential to be a, a fireworks festival, Dunbar at Bishop Vero. Dunbar has not played this year because they missed uh, last week because of the COVID shutdown. Bishop Vero coming off an overtime win without two of their best weapons. Bishop Vero is at home. Dunbar opening the season. Uh, I'll start with you, Dustin. Tell me your thoughts and who's going to win. Yeah, uh, both teams come into the game with question marks. Dunbar coming out of the shutdown, uh, and then you have Bishop Vero who were without uh, some of their key players in the last game. But Ultimately, I think Dunbar just has so much depth, and that's what makes me favor the Tigers in this one. I, I kind of see both sides of the coin to this. Uh, the Vero coaching staff is very, very good at getting their team ready for you know for the next game. Uh, the defense, when John Mooring was there, they had them. It was like three, four-hour sessions sometimes mm. with them just picking apart a defense and studying them. Um, but again, Dunbar, especially if Chris Graves does not play in this game, um, Dunbar had just has more guys, more depth. I think the Tigers can really make a statement here and possibly take that number one spot next week. Yeah, yeah. If Dunbar wins and then, uh, as I predicted, Naples loses, of course they would. So who knows? I'm also going to take Dunbar. I just think um, the depth and the team speed, they, they got a little bit more. So there you have it, guys. Ten games. We differed on four of them. That's Gateway Charter at CSN. That's Eastleigh at Cape Coral. Naples at Fort Pierce Westwood and Sarasota Riverview at Lehigh. So those are the games to keep an eye on as you're watching on Friday night, which I know you will be. Of course, come to naplesnews.com sports and news-press.com sports for our live scoreboard on Friday nights. Then after the games, we've got videos. We've got write-ups. We've got everything you could want. It's an embarrassment of riches on our website right now with the rankings, the stories. We're covering volleyball and cross country and everything. So please, please, please uh, keep listening and subscribe to our newspapers. And come on back next week when we'll wrap it all up on week two. All right. Thanks, guys. See you then. Thanks for listening. Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida football podcast will be available for download every Wednesday at noon to get you ready for upcoming games. One, two, three.